1: I'm Carol Masser. And
2: I'm Tim Stenevec. On Tuesday, we learned of the passing of Charlie Munger, known for helping Warren Buffett build Berkshire Hathaway. We get more from Bloomberg's John Tucker.
3: Charles Munger served as alter ego, sidekick, and foil to Warren Buffett for almost 60 years as they transformed Berkshire Hathaway from a failing textile maker into an empire. A lawyer by training, Munger helped Buffett craft a philosophy of investing in companies for the long term. And even as his partner became a worldwide celebrity, known far and wide as the Oracle of Omaha, Munger believed Berkshire's success would outlast Buffett's star power. In my opinion, Berkshire will flourish after Warren's gone. I don't think anybody is is essential given the momentum we now have in place. He didn't overstate his own importance either, sharing his vice chairman title at Berkshire in 2018 with two next-generation senior executives and affirming the company's commitment to a succession plan. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio.
1: That was Bloomberg's John Tucker. Well, Munger passed away Tuesday at a California hospital. According to a statement from Berkshire Hathaway, he was 99 years old.
2: For a closer look at Munger's life and legacy, we had a long conversation with Bloomberg News reporter Noah Buhaier, who spent years covering Berkshire Hathaway, and someone who spent decades following and being influenced by both Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, Smead Capital Management Founder and Chief Investment Officer Bill Smead, also a longtime Berkshire investor.
1: First of all, I'm sorry because I know um, you know these individuals. Um, Charlie Charlie Munger and, and Warren Buffett just together built something so iconic in the investment world.
0: I wrote a letter uh, to Buffett probably five years ago just thanking him for how incredibly generous that him and Munger have been with all of us. I mean, it literally changed our lives. What do you mean what? by that? Yeah. Oh, the, the, by communicating the discipline that they practiced. They, they, they shared why they were doing what they're doing all these years in in the writing in the annual meeting sitting there and taking questions for six hours all the way up in way up into their 90s it it's, it's like a gold mine of wisdom I, I used to get irritated because i I, I kind of wish they would restrict the questions to better questions because <laughs> as the years went by there were a lot of goofy questions that came up because sometimes they got some goofy answers which were fun yeah but 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 Here was this incredible resource, right? Charlie Munger was the Solomon of our era. He was the wisest man in the investment business. He, he he was the what he was a caltech grad harvard law educated right. started a law firm in los angeles uh, had a successful career in real estate a successful career in in ma- making common stock choices and the right-hand guy to the most successful investment selector and asset allocator of all time i mean he he is uh, he is uh, uh, you know, we, we just admired him so much. And then of course we admired him immensely cause he'd say exactly what he was thinking and didn't really care very much Bill, who he might offend in the process.
2: You mentioned that you've been doing this for over 40 years. What are some lessons that you've incorporated from Charlie Munger over these decades into the way that you manage portfolios and you, um, allocate
0: assets? Yeah, we when when we're talking to people, I'm here in New York talking to some possible new customers, and we, we, we tell them when it comes to value people, we hold our winners to a fault. Because compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a business, let's just right off the top of our head pick uh, Occidental Petroleum, who Munger and Buffett started buying uh, in the last year and a half or two years, they're generating massive free cash flow, they're paying down debt with it, but then they're also buying back stock. So like Buffett says, over the years, if it's a company g- generating high returns on equity, high free cash flow, buying back their stock, he ends up owning a larger and larger and larger part of the business as yeah. the years go by. That's what he did with Coke. That's what he did with American Express. That's you know what, what he did with a lot of different companies. And holding your winners the fault is a key component of Alpha as i explained to people you buy a stock at 30 and pay cash the worst thing that can happen is it goes to zero you lose 30 points of alpha if you buy a stock at 30 and it goes to 90 and you sell it and it goes to 210 you lose 120 points and buffett and munger taught that to people as a powerful thing it's it's much better to get a less spectacular company that you can hold all the way through a ten or fifteen times your money than it is a spectacular company that you might make five times in five years, but you gotta be smart enough to sell it and go to another project.
1: Well and you're you're you know, something I wanna ask you a little bit more too about what, what Charlie Munger was to Warren Buffett, what he what he brought out in Warren Buffett. Having said that, I want to bring Noah Buhier into this. Because you know, Noah, it's one of those things where you think, as we're hearing from Bill, you know, these are both brilliant men, successful men and would have been on their own, but something about them together brought out even so much more.
3: Yeah, I think that's a that's a critical point here. I, is there, the 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 combination of talents that they they, they brought to bear really um, was was deeply important in in the evolution of Berkshire. Um, the other thing, just just speaking as a journalist, the the thing that I always found so. Um, incredibly amazing about Charlie Munger was his, his directness and his willingness to speak his mind, uh, even if his opinion wasn't necessarily a popular one. Uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a business reporter and someone um, writing about investing, uh, y- you, you always knew that Charlie was not just going to give you the pithy quote, but something that actually had some real substance behind it. Um, and I think that's you know, in large part, what has resonated with a lot of investors over time. I mean, people would go. What's, what, one of the things that's, that's underappreciated about Charlie Munger is, is that um, deep into his 90s, people would go to Los Angeles to hear him speak at the annual meeting of a small publishing company called The Daily Journal. The Daily Journal. <laughs> this was Buffett had nothing to do with this thing. They would just go to hear Munger alone. And um, I I remember the first time I went to this thing, there were maybe 100 or 200 people. And you know, three or four years later, word had gotten out and a couple thousand were going. I mean, you you have to understand, uh, Charlie Munger was respected in his own right. It wasn't, you know, he's often known for his affiliation with with Buffett, but um, he really did have his own loyal following.
0: To, To back up Noah on that, one of our favorite things is, when it comes to climate change, he he just said, why don't we just build a seawall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That was his opinion. It's like, okay, if it's real, let's do what they did in Amsterdam and just build a seawall in California and New York. And, and, and that's so simple and logical and less expensive, but that's Charlie Munger. It was always common sense, always one. The difference between the two men is Warren... Warren wants to die without any enemies. Hmm. He 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 has a more of an urge to be liked. Yeah. He's a wonderful man, yeah. and, and he wants to be liked. Whereas Charlie could care less if he's liked, right? He 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 just he wants to share wisdom, share truth.
1: What was it like from the different meetings you went to, and just kind of seeing them up on stage? Things that kind of stood out for you?
0: Well, there, there's hardly any better comedy routine that's ever been done. (laughs) The back and forth. uh, Of course, Munger had lots of the singers, but Buffett had plenty himself. And yeah, they played off fantastically. It was, uh, I had a next door neighbor that was four years ahead of me in school uh, and I had no brothers, three sisters, and he was one of four brothers. And he and I are extremely close friends, but he's four years older than me in the same way that, that, that Munger was uh, six or seven years older than uh, – six years older than Warren. Right. But yet, we, you know, we, we met and we were finishing each other's sentences and that's the way these guys were. They they were finishing each other's sentences. They'd say the first part of the sentence, and they didn't have to continue because the other guy already knew what the rest of the sentence was going to be. It's just that kind of relationship.
2: Yeah. I know, Abuhair, I'm so glad you're with us because we've been reading from your obituary mm-hmm. nonstop for the last hour here. And you know, to to Bill's point about this this idea of common sense and not you know not always needing to be liked. Um, you mentioned this uh, some of his donations, and this one's this one's at the t- you know, top of mind for me because it's it's relatively recent uh 4500 person dorm on uh, ucsb's campus which actually got a lot of people interested in uh dormitory architecture who didn't think that they would actually be interested in dormitory architecture but you know here munger is trying to solve this problem of student housing and uh, he got a lot of blowback to this idea and ultimately they they canceled it uh, what happened
3: yeah, I mean, look, in, in, in his later years, uh, Munger used these donations that he gave to universities to, to play architect. I mean, he was deeply, deeply interested in architecture, and, um, uh, you know, he, he had uh, some pretty unconventional ideas <laughs> that uh, I think really bothered people, and it, it became its own, you know, subplot. It's own right. but, like, you have to understand, for... For Munger, he was a incredibly wide, uh, widely read person. He wasn't as narrowly interested in investing and um, you know, how to make money. Obviously, he spent a lot of time doing that, but he had an interest outside of it. Uh, the other thing I wanted to add, and this takes us in a slightly different direction, but like, you know, for all that Munger would you know, sit up on stage and sort of act as the scold and the curmudgeon next to Buffett, um, he He did have a you know a generous heart, and um you know when you talk to people who spent time uh with charlie you know he he was he he was a deeply uh nice and caring person and you know on some level this sort of curmudgeon uh stance he would take on stage and in public sometimes was was a bit of an act, but like it, you know it 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 helped him make his points
1: so bill, how do you think about you know Berkshire Hathaway going forward, they've obviously thought about succession, and there's Audrey Jane and Gray Gable, um, but I do think about, you know, Warren without Charlie, yeah. and, what, so, and what the impact that might be.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, Charlie uh, and, and Warren have set a team together uh, to to, to kind of come in. They've got two talented stock pickers in the wings. I'm guessing that. This will be when when they begin to emerge at the annual meeting. Uh, Greg Abel runs the operating businesses, and Todd Combs and Ted Weschler are running about $30 billion. Uh, Two side. other important names, Th- That's needs, yeah. who we think bought yeah. the home builders, for example, because it was smaller quantities than B- Buffett buys. Uh, and, and so that will cause their emergence. But Charlie's uh, acerbic common sense and, and sensibility, there's just not going to be any replacing that talent. He, he, he was a genius in that. Uh, his... Uh, uh, he, he, uh, he, he would look at the situation and hit it only with the best logic, right? Each situation, regardless of who might be offended by the logic of it. Yeah. So he'd quote scripture... And, and and then he'd support abortion rights right mm-hmm. so so but logically you, you know he, he was trying to solve a problem with money right and, and the the architecture thing just brings back to mind that he graduated from Harvard Law School and Caltech and uh, was an architect and and he he was the most he was the Renaissance man, kind of different sides of the brain. Oh, yeah. just an unbelievable mixture of of mental, model talent. Just uh, uh, amazing. uh he, he he. His family called him a book of with legs because he was always reading. <laughs> Our podcast is called the Book with Legs because my it? son Cole is a gigantic Charlie Munger fan and. That's what that's what we call the podcast. We we interview authors of books, so we call it a book with legs.
1: And he's quoted in Noah's stu- story. Um, Noah we will obviously be talking this um, all week, and then some. Um, another thought, you know, as you were putting together Charlie's story, um, you know, for for Bloomberg, uh, what jumps out for you here?
3: Well, I think you know, to your point of w- what's next for Berkshire, the fundamentally bigger, different place than, you know, where he and Buffett started. So, while, uh, you know, on many levels, Munger is not replaceable, there mm-hmm. are a lot of things that he and Buffett pioneered together that, that you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, that's been written, there's a lot that has been passed on right. based in the way that these guys yeah. did things. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, Berkshire is a Huge company now with 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 different needs right. and um, but uh, a lot of the the ways that Munger and, and Buffett think think about the company are you know certainly going to live on
0: right exactly. Yeah, Munger said in late 2021 that this was the largest financial euphoria episode in his career which was 75 years, and then at the annual meeting this year, he, he, he said, I, I really don't think stocks are going to do very well the next 10 years, and then Buffett, I love this, Buffett chimes in, he goes, well, if I was running smaller amounts of money, I think I still think I could do really well.
1: <laughs> Our thanks to Bloomberg News reporter Noah Buhier and Bill Smeed of Smead Capital Management. He's founder and chief investment officer at that company and also longtime Berkshire investor. I'm Carol Masser, along with Tim Stenovic. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions. July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code radio20 at bloomberglive.com slash green festival.